Ayo, welcome everyone to episode seven of Today in the Scene. I'm Joe with Indie Arcade Wave, and this week I'm going to be diving into Galactic Battleground. I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Can Arcade, Everything Arcade, Music, and Cannabis. This week we're going to be diving into uh, one of the new indie arcade games that are coming out with this new wave of arcade games uh, called Galactic Battleground. This week I'm speaking with the creators, Dylan and Kelly. How's it going, guys? It's going, dude. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, I know it's been kind of crazy with everything going on, so I just wanted to get you guys on here to kind of talk about the game so everyone can figure out what's going on with it during the situation. So tell me a little bit about Galactic Battleground. Let's start with how you guys came up with the idea and the whole story behind the origins of the game. Uh, uh, I guess I'll go first. I mean, I mean, we can go way, way back or like the start of the game back. I, I mean, let's go way, way back. I yeah, guess. let's go way uh, back. Uh, you know... Uh, by trade, I'm a mobile app de- mobile app developer, and uh, I do a lot of like uh, POCs, proof of concepts for uh, different uh, technology comes out, and then uh, Apple does a lot of stuff for like uh, game development and things like that. And uh, I would tinker with it and make some games. Um, and if I thought it was good enough, I would want to publish it and throw it on the App Store because I thought it was worth it um and i would ask uh dylan to make some art for me because i suck at art but i'm good at coding uh so uh one of the a prime example of that is uh, an app called uh danger <laughs> it's a small little iphone app iphone only uh i i built it because i wanted to test the local uh group play ability uh, of the of the API that Apple provides, which is called Bonjour. And um, uh, so to, uh, Dylan made some uh, work of that and uh, made some art to go with it. And um, uh, we, it was rubbish. we put, yeah, we, <laughs> we, we put it on the uh, play store and this it's still available today, by the way. I mean, it's actually, the tech is actually still kind of cool. I mean, you can throw the app on, two different, you know, devices and they talk to each other and you can play in a local, local couch co-op type experience. And it's, it's pretty sweet. It's not network play like online. It's just local co-op and it works. Um, I still pull it out once in a while. It's but... a, it's a riff off of the game. Sorry. Right. No trouble. It's like oh, yeah, trouble. trouble. Duh. Yeah. Trouble. trouble. It's same. basically like trouble. Kind of the you, same thing, you gotta but... get your guys around the clock. Anyways, uh, long story short is I, I pulled Dylan into my, experiences of uh, uh making apps and uh eventually one day uh dylan was like hey it's time to make my idea i'm like sweet let's let's hear it you know and um dylan said i like galaga a lot i'm like okay that's great but let's let's research that a little bit more and there's actually a ton of galaga ripoffs out there i mean there's just a ton even you know, I never t- pick a platform, whether it's uh, Xbox, PlayStation, Apple TV, Steam, you, you name it. And uh, I told him, I said, let's make Galaga, but let's just let's just try putting a player on top and just see how it goes, you know. And uh, he made he whipped up some art that night and I whipped up some code. We literally made like we made first, three, three power ups. Uh, uh, at least. Right? No, we made no, we made like six. Uh, black hole shooting star reflect uh it was force field which didn't make the final cut uh, acceleration, acceleration. yeah i think it was like six 
Yeah, Blast Roll was there too. So, and we made like the first six power ups that night. Uh, made like you know, it was like a coding jam, just the two of us. And we were drinking. Uh, the, weird, and... <laughs> the, the weird thing is, we, we, we the you, guess what platform we put it on? Uh, the to, Apple to TV. Test it up. It was the Apple TV. Yeah. So we. I, I would have I, guessed, but I already know the answer to that. Yeah. It, yeah. True. It was like the Apple TV was the the first platform we tried it out just to see how it goes. And, uh, and this is and, like amidst me in college. I was probably like 18, just turning nine. Oh no, I was 19, just like middle 19. I was 19 and a half. So, so when was this? We're talking like 2016. I, I was a freshman in college when this when we started doing this. It's like, is it four years ago now? Uh, five, oh, I was 19. Yeah, that's, yeah that's like four, four years. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's that's scary and awesome at the same time. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so we like sat there and uh, we we play it just head to head and we just had a blast just playing against each other uh <laughs> dylan's favorite he just kept his favorite power up is shooting star to this day he kept yes. doing that and I, I was uh i think we had uh we had shockwave too in the time oh yeah and, yeah. Uh, yeah we we, we just would we, that was like the classic mirror match or if you will like shockwave versus shooting star he would go for the insta kills and i would take the long game and and try to kill each other and we we just we had a blast of two of us. We're like, all right, we think yeah, we might be we had like something. Three maps though. I only I remember we only did like three maps at that time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It was it wasn't much. I mean it was a prototype, you know. Yeah, it was and, alpha. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how it came to be is like uh we we decided to take it uh the prototype to uh the local arcade not arcade, excuse me, the local uh, the 2D uh, con. gamer gamer conference called yeah 2D con. Um, so I was to Shauna and, and the people that run that, that 2D con, those guys are amazing. Uh, we love them so much. And, um, we, they, uh, they, they like were very encouraging to any developers. They're like, yes, we want to give you guys a space. We want to get, you want you guys to be heard. We want you to be, um, here at our conference, you know? Yeah. And she, she gave us a spot literally like right in front of the, Escalator. Oh, escalator so we yeah. like we were like the first ones that people walked by so everybody walked by us first and it was a, it was crazy because people would like rubberneck it you know they they they, they would look at it and they're like and they just keep looking but still walk in the same direction it was it was hilarious and, and then they stop maybe sometimes they're like is that galaga like no it looks like galaga it's, but it's, it's not kind of galaga if you like galaga play it right yeah, and we had our first tournament there, and uh, we had, uh, you know, we 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 had like sixteen players playing the tournament. It was great, and that was we, like the first unveiling of like what Galactic Battleground was. We got a whiteboard out. We had two controllers, and like when we knew we had this game, like when we knew this game was good, is we had this like one twelve year old kid. I don't yes. remember his name, yep. but he played every day for like four to six hours like yes it was like there's all these other games in this con right there's oculus rift there's like all these other indie games and stuff that were really great too but like Mm -hmm. this kid just played the shit out of our game and we're just like holy fuck we have something we were like we were like mind blown we're like oh my gosh this if this kid likes it i mean you know you're you're competing with like the fortnites of the world or in halo or, or whatever you know it's like this kid was like all about it. You know, even his dad came by. He's like, how are you doing? He's like, I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. He just came in to check on him and stuff. It was <laughs> super cool. Yeah. yeah. At that point. And, uh, we went to subsequent 2d cons and he is like, 
do you remember me? And he was like 16. I'm like, no, but he's like, I was that kid. I was like, oh my God. And he, he really, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, he came back, you know, no way. Years. that's yeah. insane, dude. I wish I know his name. Cause I would love to give him props, but I forgot. But, um, yeah, yeah that made point, a difference we, to us, dude, <laughs> whoever, yeah. whatever your name is. <laughs> yeah. At that point we were just like, wow, we should probably like reinvest some more time and, and keep it going, you know? So, yeah. Um, but we kind of took a break for a while though when I was trying to finish up college. Um, I know we like got the main mechanics and a little bit more power ups done, but like we took yeah, a break. Well, well we took a break because we were our initial goal was to go straight to Steam. Yeah. Uh, we di- we we didn't really think about arcades at all, honestly. No, not at all. And and um it, So what we was it that pushed a- you that direction? Um <laughs> so I remember when I told you about this game and Joe and we played it at my apartment when I was, you know, 20, we were like just three o'clock in the morning after a concert. Yeah. We just got back from a concert and I was like, you got to try my game and you played it and you're like, how do I get involved? And then like, I think it was like four or five months later, uh, we started to like get more involved with it and started to come up with like a plan. And then I met miles and how I met miles, who is our marketer, Miles Mitchell. Um, I met him through work through a girl named Alex Thorson, and she was my coworker. And this was he was uh, his girl wait boyfriend, yeah. And I met him, and I gave him free fish tacos the first time I met him. And oh like goodness. he worked at he worked at Skyway, and like I don't know, we kind of just clicked. I was like, dude, SoCal surfer, dude. I kind of talk like you, so like we like just became really good friends. And then Alex had a going away party because she was moving to Florida in August 2017. And uh, no, no, yeah, it was either August or uh, whatever. Anyway, um, she invited me over and then I told him about the game. And I said, let's talk, let's link after. And then the next day he hit me up and then like he came over and he played the game and he's like, dude, we you got to put this in an arcade. Like this game is meant for arcade. And I was like, what really? Like why? He's like, you ever been to up down? And like, no, I haven't. I was 20 years old. Yeah. You weren't even old enough. I wasn't even old enough to get into the bar. And then I was like, (laughs) okay, cool. Well, you gotta, you gotta meet Joe. Like we gotta, we gotta link up and like, I'll talk to Kelly about it. And I'd be like, Hey, I want to put two other guys on. Let's. Yeah. Well, I got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, Joe did mention it before about arcades, and we were kind of like, yeah, we don't know if that scene's really working or anything like that. We actually had no clue about Uptown at the time. We're like, well, you know, we didn't didn't really know arcades were becoming a thing, which was weird because it it, it totally was. And uh, we kind of just fell into this. And uh, so between Joe and Miles keep, like, suggesting it, we actually went up. I went up down for the first time. Like, oh my god, there's actually this uh, arcade scene that's actually springing up, and didn't know about Killer Queen. I, I saw Killer Queen for the first time, and I was like, wow, this 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 thing is happening where people are actually reinvesting back in it. It's actually could be a profitable situation where people will come to play new games because you can only play Pac Man and uh, uh, Donkey Kong and all those other games so many times where you're going to want new content, you know, to come back to and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, and like at that time it. though, too, we didn't even know what killer queen was, you know, 
Not really. We were just really, no. doing it just because we thought it was cool. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, we've we've talked a lot with uh, Tony and Dan and the guys over at Armed and Gelatinous, like uh, Rob and Anthony, about how much the community has meant to them with the the growth of their game. How much has the community meant to you guys by means of like conventions and meeting other people that are in the same area as you? Honestly, like it's the best thing ever. Like. When we first went to MGC, we had no idea what we were expecting. I mean, we had kind of like a little following at 2DCon, but it wasn't the same as MGC. Mm-hmm. To finally go there and be around people that are doing the same thing as what we're doing, it was kind of like shock and awe. Like, I had no idea, like, there's other games out there. And, like, to fi- I heard mm-hmm. about it when we first went into Updown about Death Ball but I had no idea who he was because he was still in San Francisco. This random dude, I don't remember his name, but he told me about death ball and how fun it was because he was a killer queen fanatic. And Mm -hmm. like the scene at up down for killer queen is just like, it's like insane. Like all these people, 10 people playing a game and how big the community is. And like, they have like thousands of people on their, you know, in Minneapolis in general, just playing that game. It's insane. Yeah, we were just talking to Chaco last week about how how big the scene was and how he kind of played a part in getting it going. Yeah, I know, and like meeting Chaco and having him, you know, dive deep into the game and like mechanics and like what would make the game better because you know the game wasn't polished when we first went into Up Down. We were still like kind of learning it, you know, and trying to make everything balanced and stuff. And speaking yeah. of that, tell me a little. I really like this story. I mean, I guess I'm involved in it, but I really, really like the story of the prototype. Um, just how kind of just sporadic it was, um, but how it came out and how it's still doing really well for us. Yeah. So like when we decided we were going to make our arcade game, uh, so when we, when we looked at the, when we got the idea, like, let's see if we can make an arcade game. We went to up down and we, uh, I talked to, uh, the guy in charge there. His name's Eric Harvey, a super cool guy. And, uh, we can't thank him enough for supporting us during all this process. Uh, we basically, I, I literally pitched him the game on a laptop and showed it to him. And uh, uh, he's like, and I said, if I build a cabinet around this, would you be interested in let us try it out here? And, and uh, he said, absolutely. Let's, he said, let's do it. You know, and he was super supportive. Uh, him and the staff was, was great about it. And uh so we decided let's go, you know, so, um, we pulled our resources, uh, we brought in another guy, uh, Brody Whittle, shout outs to him and helping us out to get that first prototype. My high school uh, friend. We, 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 we literally didn't know anything about making cabinets, uh, no. at all. We, 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 we sit there and we're like, well, if we make a box and put a, put a TV in it, will that work? You know? I mean, Brody, um, Brody had some experience with CAD which is a 3D design program. And he mm-hmm. built the whole cab, like the framework of the cab and that showed it to me and I kind of critiqued it. And he's like, well, we got to make it wide enough for four people. So they're not touching sure. elbows and stuff. So like, sure. I was kind of like, to- like me and him, I was kind of hands on with it. Cause we built it in his garage, mm-hmm. which we only had like five feet of room in his garage to build it. Cause he was working on his, car (laughs) yeah just an idea for the listeners here this is a a two-car garage with a car and a couch in it so that's the the available space to build the cabinet 
and mm-hmm. we had no idea what the fuck we were doing. And like, I was getting free art printed at the Minnesota State Fair. I don't know if I'm legally allowed to say that, but um, you just did. So, well, yeah, anyway, it's too late now. But like, <laughs> but, kudos to them for like helping us out, push something that was Minnesota born. You know. Meanwhile, th- those guys are making the actual cabinet. Meanwhile, I'm trying to figure out how to convert uh, this game into a that's normally was working on apple tv uh with joysticks and stuff like that to convert to like arcade joysticks (laughs) and setting all that up and i'm not gonna lie the first couple passes were messy uh they 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 uh were not perfect by any means uh we we had a couple breakdowns i do remember one saturday night where i was doing my nascar pit time and uh interchanging a joystick that broke down on player two and swapping out miles was there with his camera to give me some light while I swapped out a joystick at 7 PM on a Saturday, just to get things going, keep it, keep it going for our, our demo there at Updown. So, uh, we learned a lot. Uh, we eventually hooked up with a company called paradise arcade shout out to them. Uh, Brian Arnimage and company, uh, Tom Borg, they, they, uh, actually Chaco is the one that referred us to them. So uh, it was a, great referral we eventually uh hooked up with them got some great parts uh eventually got got good so to speak at uh making arcade cabinets and um uh we eventually created a second prototype the first prototype we up we, we upgraded many times uh the original so the original like framework is there original uh tv is there uh we put a 42 inch tv uh that we bought and we we we, we replaced the uh the computer and we placed a lot of the uh, components for the joysticks and stuff like that to make it up to snuff to handle all the abuse that happens during an arcade Yeah, because it's all the butt mashing. It, it, you need to have high quality parts. Or otherwise you're just throwing your money out the window. But that cabinet to this day is still sitting in can can wonderland and still producing for us. Like, like it, like it's a gem. Uh, and, uh, like we still get compliments from uh can can Wonderland and other people that have there are patrons there saying how much they like the game and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's really humbling to keep that, that prototype there. And I think at this point, can can Wonderland would, would probably throw some sort of uh caution or some sort of red flag saying, you want to take this out? I don't think so kind of thing because can can Wonderland is all about like original art and things like that. And, and like, and we kind of fit the mold of like unique, uh, uh, things that you can't find anywhere else uh, in the world, or let alone the Twin Cities, and um, yeah, uh, we're, we're very happy to be there. Yeah, they're they're a really really cool venue here in uh, St. Paul. Um, that has a it's it's kind of like an adult playground. Um, they've got two different mu- uh, music stages, so you can see different kinds of acts. Um, they've got an, a bar which has a whole bunch of like huge drinks. They've got like the big fishbowl and everything, so it's a big party spot. Um, a ton of arcade games and then they have in the warehouse it's an 18 hole putt putt course and every course is designed by a different minneapolis artist so that's that's their big aesthetic there is local art for local people Um, and that's why the game fit in so well there they also have a golf ball cannon when did that go in uh like a couple months ago okay so i definitely haven't seen that yeah Huh. So I've, I've got a question for you, Dylan, um, on the art side here. I want to know where you drew 
your inspiration for not only the pixel art in the game, uh, but also the art on the sides, other than Galaga? Okay, well, obviously, it's a pretty close rip from Galaga. You know, I just wanted it to be as close as possible, but I had to change it up a little bit. The first actual, like, creation of the pixel art, I wanted to kind of do, like, a Transformers vibe and kind of copy Starscream, and then I just did, like, off-colors off of that to do it for the other players. And then, like, as we got further into the game, I was like, okay, well, we need more skins. Like, we need to have, like, two sides, right? And this was, like, pre-alpha when we did, like, the purple, red blue and yellow right so i made those and then i was like we started to go with the beta gamma because like we were we went from 1v1 to 2v2 so i had to totally do all this new art so i made all these cosmetic changes and we did gamma and beta because beta's blue and green's gamma um so we based all that off of it and then i had to redo the logo because the logo was set up and it was just not the up to par so I used I used a couple of fonts and I kind of meshed them together and kind of wanted to do um, this one style. Uh, it's called Blaster. So the marquee for Blaster they have a lot of bitmap, right? So it like it's like all black dots, but it creates the illusion of gradient. So like it looks like it's like you know a gradient thing, but it's literally just one color with black dots and white dots. So I did that marquee like that with the stars and Galactic Battleground, and it took me. I was doing this at minnesota state fair and it took me like forever to figure out how to do it because it's the first time i ever did it and it's i got basically that reference from a book called arcade i bought this book and it's like i think it's like 15 euros and it's from the uk but they take all of like the old school nostalgia marquees and like kind of like a brief history from like the first game ever death race to like you know modern 1990s you know arcade machines but they basically encase and like show the history of the art and most of it's like vector based and most of it wasn't like, you know, made from a computer and whatnot. So kind of got most of my inspiration for that. And then uh, I kind of for the the side art was kind of like off a whim. Like I like think of a fighter jet when they like, you know, like when they take a lift off and they do a flip and that smoke kind of like widens and then gets smaller and then comes towards you it's kind of like yeah, kind of like you'd see it like a like an aviation show where like the yeah. three planes go and they they create kind of a cone sort of shape yeah so i just like thought like maybe like if the jets were there like the smoke would come from all sides and it you know it'd make a weird like u shape um like a i think so whatever um and it kind of looks like atari a little bit and then like the ship itself is kind of like a look from the Galaga cab itself with that mm-hmm. alien side art. I don't know if you know what that is, but yep. yeah, it's like an eyeball thing. And I kind of wanted to like riff it off of that. And then I made planets and comets that I took from mad planets and kind of just like did it my own way and figured out, you know, what colors I wanted. And yeah, it's it just a lot of it's totally dope. It's totally dope. I really am happy with the way it turned out. Uh, I mean, you only had one shot at it really because once it's set, it's set. You can't really change it once you make it. You know, yeah. you're kind of stuck on the side. <laughs> and uh, you nailed it, dude. It was it's great. Yeah, thanks. Let's uh, let's talk about this marquee. Tell me why it's so unique. Well, the marquee itself, like 
well, we have an infinity mirror now. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's what I was getting at. When we have oh, uh, infinity mirror, oh the my infinity gosh. mirror being so different from well, any other arcade I, game. I forgot about that almost for a minute. Oh my gosh, that's always something that people point out at conventions. That's one of the first things. So that initially, noticed. we didn't even think about doing that. And Brian mm-hmm. Armitage, the owner of Paradise Arcade, was like, "Well, dude, like, I have a fucking mirror cutter, like glass cutter. Let's just mm-hmm. engrave Galactic Battleground in and do an infinity mirror." And we're like, "What?" Yeah. And then he just came up with the idea, and we did it. And then, well, yeah, he he wanted the idea. He wanted it to pop more because he wanted the more futuristic and give something to the cabinet to kind of draw people in a little bit more. That's, you know, you walk by, you know, cabinets and it's just got the stained glass, and it's like, oh, that just looked like no. We actually got a feedback that our cabinet looked too authentic in a sense, where it was like. Oh, that looked like it was built in 1989. We even had some guys like, I remember this game when I was a kid. I'm like, that's cool because it didn't be invented yet. You yeah. Know? And we're like, uh, I guess we're living a little too authentic on our art. You know, we feel like we're from, you know, back then and stuff. So like, like, um, like Dylan said, we, Brian and uh, 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 Tom from uh, Paradise, they, they, they set it up and uh, may, tried to make the marquee pop more basically. And um the infinity more was born that there was basically their brainchild with the led lights all around the outside. Um, and they, uh, they initially just ran the basic program on it. Um, the led lights was just basically a rainbow effect, you know, 256 colors. Uh, and it was, and it was super cool. I mean, it looked really good. Um, but I got to a point where I wanted to do more with it because it was actually controlled by the same type of, um, uh, uh, Arduino board that uh, we use for our, our uh, joysticks and stuff like that. So I kind of looked at that and uh, even to make a long story longer, uh, I broke my arm in November and I was uh, on a lot of drugs and I, I decided to look at that mirror. I'm like, I'm going to reprogram that to make it look cooler. <laughs> and so I said, I spent a whole weekend reprogramming the LEDs on the marquee to, uh, uh, basically uh, do this pattern where it looks like, you know, two ships fighting each other where the, the bullets are meeting in the middle and they're, they're pew pewing at each other. And then they decide to say, you know, screw it. They're going to go fly each other and they blow up in the middle and they can, they just convert in this lava phase where it's just lava all around something like that. And we sent it to our first client down in Florida, shout out to glitch bar. And they're like, that's amazing. <laughs> because the was, rainbow got kind of annoying though, too. It did. It did. It's, it's, it's so overdone and stuff like that. And, yeah. Um, uh, so the, the lava mirror was basically born because the cabinet needed to be flashy, but not trashy. Yes. Uh, yeah. It needed to feel like it was still new, like something that people had never seen before versus uh, something that they like, Oh, it's, I mean, we fit to, we fit into the, you know, arcade mold and stuff like that, but you, you still need to get that, that thing to pe- bring people in to like come to your cabinet, you know, uh, that's, that's more important than people think. I uh, mean, you know, like, uh, Cosmotrons is a prime example of this. Like their cabinets are amazing. They're, they're white they're molding cabinets. and stuff like that. They look gorgeous and people will just can't help but stop by and try the game. You know I mean? That's step one. It's like, you could have the most amazing game in the world but if nobody like stops to try it, then, you know, it's not going to work. You know, you have to have like this marketing box, which is a cabinet to people to come in and just give it a try. You know, the box needs to be able to sell itself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, 
you know, we even toyed with like other things that we could do, like even the audio, like, uh, you know, you know how you like have a light in the backyard where, where a light turns on when they sense his movement. We thought about even maybe making a, a audio controller in the front where it'd be like getting people to, or the game like says things to you as you walk by or something like that. But you know, that was, that wasn't going to work in the long run, but I mean, anything you can do to get a person to your cabinet is, is, is a bonus, you know? So, uh, that's the biggest reason why we got the infinity mirror up there. And, uh, I think the product speaks for itself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it looks awesome. I love the way it looks. Um, it looks really clean, but it also draws the eye in big time. You just, you have to try the game. It just looks too cool to not try it. Yeah. So I think it's, it's got a good balance for me because like you got a lot of things like nowadays with, uh, those redemption games like that that's all flashy lights oh it's and, too uh, much dude it kind of hurts my eyes yeah yeah uh, it's an um, eye store I, I hate to throw raw thrills on the bus but the new turtles game is is so many it's LEDs. so loud it's so it, loud it, it's just so bright and so many leds and i think we delicate we draw a good balance uh of the leds and, and enough to where people can come in and check it out you know yeah Right, right. Uh, question for Kelly here. Um, I've got a lot of indie developers that are hitting me up on Instagram talking about their games and kind of trying to introduce them to me. What's, a, mm-hmm. what's some advice that you would give a new indie developer to ease their transition from basically building it for a PC to pushing it towards an arcade cabinet? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a hard question. <laughs> like, what's a good transition to get them from console just a to good arcade. just yeah just like a, an easy pointer just a way for them to kind of ease that transition so that they're not pulling their hair out uh just one piece of advice uh basically uh i would just talk about game mechanics you know um try to keep your mechanics as simple as possible and as low number of buttons as possible uh you know you your games, if you want to be an arcade indie developer versus just like a Steam or, or Xbox or take pick your platform developer, your games have to be interesting enough in the first 60 seconds. Otherwise, they're not going to come back. Um, you have to have that ooh-ah moment, if you will, where uh, you, know, you have a, a, a black hole that sucks the guy in and that's amazing. And that you have a laser beam that, that kills everybody. You feel like you're in God mode for, for that brief moment. Yeah. You have that. I'm going to take other games references. You got that awesome shot by death ball where he hits a bubble and it goes to the other side. Um, you, you hit that death, you know, uh, switch and shoot where you just get 16 coins in a row. It's like, Oh yeah, I feel so good. And uh, you know, it's, it's that you have to have that, that hook, that people come back for and want to do it again. Because if your game is too in-depth and too complicated, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to stick and, and people won't, won't come back and put that second or third coin in because they, they, they're looking for quick fixes. They're not looking for this uh, in-depth experience per se. They just want to spend their 25 or 50 cents or whatever the arcade is charging and, and have a, have a laugh or a thrill for, that two or three minutes and, and, and go on. So it's really challenging for a developer to make mechanics and make things work where it's engaging. And, uh, I, and I think you guys nailed in a prior podcast where like switch and shoot, for example, is the one button, like 
it's engaged. It's, it's one button. So that's a good start. And then to have interesting enough mechanics where it switches around and stuff like that, where, uh, you, the, but it switches the player's direction and also shoots a bullet, you know, uh, death ball is the same way where that, that button drops, drops a bubble and jumps the guy. It's like, does two things, or you can slide with it and go back, coming back to like black background it, you know, we have two buttons where it's um, a power up where it could, it's, it's your power up, but it could be different every time, depending on your power up you pick. Um, and it's important to, to, to capture those moments that are what we call breathless and uh, uh, make it so they want to put those that, that quarter in and play again and again and again. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's really good advice along the line of switch and shoot. Like Dan just did such a good job building the cabinet, but uh, shout out to the developer. Yeah, um, Matt, I believe his name was. Um, just building a game that is so challenging but so simple at the same time i mean you have one button but it it controls everything at the same time like everything that you have to do in the game happens at once yeah i mean you know it's so easy to to dive into multiple buttons really quickly you know street fighter and and mortal Kombat do that all the time but uh you know and, and games go up from there but you know arcades just can't do that it's you gotta you, you gotta be simple stupid but still still interesting enough where people want to play it again simple stupid but there's gotta be a range of skill so that there's actually a reason to keep coming back and it's a fine line to come to because you know all the games that we talked about today do that to a certain extent where the button it the button you have one or two buttons and they all do things whether you tap it or you press and hold or you tap it and do it in a direction. I mean, you guys, you guys nailed it in another podcast where uh, talking about the Super Mario Brothers stuff and, you know, there's eight yeah, different that directions like that choice. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's eight different directions where you got, where that joystick goes and it's not, it's not straightforward right away. Cause everybody thinks that's just left, right, up, down. They move your character. And that's it. It's just not that simple. It's all about like, what if I do this direction and push a button? It's you, you think about that and you, you nail that, then you got yourself a winner. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent on that one. Let's uh, let's get those social media shoutouts here before we wrap everything up from you guys. Where can we find you on social media? Um, you can find us at Galactic Battleground on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and for Twitter, it's GBG underscore the underscore game for Twitter. Um, but everything else is at Galactic Battleground. Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap it up for episode seven of In the Scene with Galactic Battleground this week. Thanks for coming on, guys. We'll definitely have to do it again. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Joe. Thanks, everyone. Much appreciate it. Certainly. Peace out, guys.